everyone. Welcome to Gals on Topic, your soon-to-be favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today, our very first topic is A Court of Thorns and Roses, chapters one through five. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you finally started the book. The first five chapters is a lot of setup. So I'm so excited to hear your thoughts, the questions that you have. If you if you liked it, did you like it so far? Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely confused. I <laughs> don't know. Like I have so many questions because I just don't fully know what's going on. Yeah. But I also am like, I know I'll probably learn. So I'm nervous <laughs> about this this whole dynamic of how your response is going to be. Are you even going to be able to tell me anything? Probably not. But, <laughs> um, so how this is going to work, we will talk through the chapters, kind of summarize what's going on, and then throughout, curious to get Sadie's thoughts and reactions to what she was thinking as she's reading this for the first time. Yeah, I'm just going to preface this by saying as I was reading, I <laughs> had no idea what was important or what yeah. is relevant or matters or will come up later again or what was intentional. Like, So I'm really just going to be, what's the saying? like Grasping at straws? Yes, yeah. yes. Grasping at yeah. straws here. Like I might, be, don't, no one make fun of me who's read this book before because <laughs> like I'm really just throwing out random streams of consciousness as I yeah. read this book. <laughs> also, as you are commenting, I'm doing my absolute best to spoil nothing. So I'm probably just going to be smiling and nodding at some things. So if I'm <laughs> silent, that's because I'm just actively <laughs> trying to restrain actively yourself. <laughs> holding myself back. Um, so I feel like we should just dive in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, my first question for you. As you started chapter one, did you at all look at the map? I did. I did. Um, <laughs> you did look at it. Okay. <laughs> did look at it. Honestly, the only thing. Is, I mean, it means nothing to you at this point. I was just wondering if you looked at yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I did know that there was like a general premise of there being a war that caused a divide. And right. so I knew that the words on the map would probably one day make sense to me. It did remind me of this other book series I read, um, the Legends series. Mm. I don't know if you've read that, but it's the same it. kind of vibe. Like it has, it takes place like future US era and where it's divided and it had like a similar map and it, it gave me that same vibe, which made me excited because I love those books. So yeah, but very little thoughts because I don't know what half of those words so fair. So fair. Um, okay, let's let's just start with chapter one. So diving right in to the first the first chunk of the book, we meet our main character, Feyre. Mm-hmm. How did you think her name was pronounced before you saw it spelled phonetically later on? Fair? 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 Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. But I was a little bit like, okay, come on. We didn't, we couldn't make this a little bit more unique from fairy. Like, (laughs) that's true. I didn't think about that. Foreshadowing her uh, assimilation into the fairy society. Yeah. That's that's what I was predicting in that moment. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a valid thought. Um, So we first meet Feyre. 
and she is out in the woods in the winter. Giving very much snowy District 12 from Hunger Games. I had that same <laughs> note. I was like, she's literally Katniss Everdeen. With she has her bow, bow and arrow. <laughs> I was like, okay, copy paste um, from, from Hunger Games. Did you read Hunger Games? I didn't read, but I love the movies. Love the mo- that was yeah. before I really got into reading, yeah. sadly. So, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, she's out in the woods. She's waiting to hunt something, but she doesn't think she'll have any luck. We learned that she's a hunter. Right away, she mentions fairies, so we know that they exist and that they're dangerous. I will say, I was skeptical. Like when you talk about fairies before reading a book, it sounds yeah, it sounds like Tinkerbell or something. But the fact that they just spell it differently, Mm -hmm. it helps with the skepticism. I agree. I agree. That's why I like to say fae. Yeah. Sometimes they say fae, but it doesn't sound as like fairy. Sounds like a Disney movie. Yeah. And they just don't sound like these strong, intimidating, scary figures that these are supposed to be from the mortal standpoint. Right. Right. So we first learn that they're dangerous and that they live across a wall from the humans. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but so maybe I'll pause. But can they shape shift or are they in all different forms? So we're going to get to that. So we're going to get to that. I forgot how confusing this is at the beginning. Um, But yeah, we're going to get to that. So so yeah, so she's in the forest. She's waiting. She's kind of daydreaming, which is giving us a lens into like her life, into Prithian, the world that we existed in this book. Um, she's thinking about her dream life, which is to have her sisters married off so she has enough food and money to live in peace and enough time to paint, which I guess is her hobby. And she's <laughs> thinking about her lover friend, Isaac. Okay. She mentions his name one time and yeah. I was immediately like perpetuating the Hunger Games theme. Is this her Gabe? Gail. Ga- Gail. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I obviously didn't read the books, okay? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, Isaac. I should have fact-checked myself. <laughs> what an unattractive name, Gabe. <laughs> Is Gail better? I guess not. <laughs> okay, but so she's in the woods. She's thinking about Isaac. She sees a doe, which she's really excited about. Because she mentioned that her family is like starving and she hasn't been able to hunt anything um, in the winter. And then behind the doe, she sees a pair of big eyes and it's a massive wolf. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't know if it's actually a wolf because it's so big. So that's when she's like, could it be a fairy? Mm -hmm. And that's where I was like, what? And that's when I was also confused when I was first reading because earlier she was said that they were. Human-like. Human-like. Mm-hmm. And now she's questioning if this wolf is a fairy. Yes. And it's also like, well, I thought they were supposed to be on the other side of the wall. Yes. And on chapter four, I, I not, we'll get there, but I, that just perpetuated my confusion because yeah. it was another creature Yeah, that was a fairy. So yeah. I was like, what are these things? <laughs> yeah. Very, very confusing. Um, so she kills the wolf. She's kind of like internally debating, should I... Should I kill it or should I, like, run away, basically? Mm -hmm. And I was also confused because she was saying that 
like when we were kind of in her mind and her thoughts going when she was debating killing it or not, she was like, well, it's a, if it's a wolf and I kill it, great. But if it's a fairy and I kill it, that's scary, but honestly even better because they deserve it. But then I was like, I knew that you told me that like killing them was bad. So then I was like, why would that be better? I was just very confused. Clearly she yeah. didn't know about it, but anyway. Yeah. I think she also was like, well, if it's a fairy and I try and kill it. And I fail. And I fail, then, then you're screwed. Then you're screwed. But she's she does screwed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lose, lose. Okay. So she pulls out an Ashwood arrow, which mm-hmm. she just carries around and is apparently the only thing harmful to fairies is mm-hmm. Ashwood. Um, oh, besides iron. She also yeah. mentioned iron, but she doesn't have any iron. Mm-hmm. And she kills the wolf. It kind of makes eye contact with her before dying. And then she skins him and brings home both the, the dough and the pelt of the wolf. Mm-hmm. And that was really, that was chapter one. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much Katniss. Yeah. Very much Katniss. I think every chapter I saw a different series <laughs> yeah like, come to life and it's kind of a blend of all but all good yeah I feel like when I think about this first book which this isn't a spoiler this is just the tone of the book that I or the books that it reminds me of the first chunk is Hunger Games the <laughs> second part's like Beauty and the Beast and the third mm. part is like Game of Thrones oh well I've never seen Game of Thrones oh so well It'll be a surprise then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But so maybe it'll speak something else to me. We'll yeah. We'll okay. See. I liked it though. It made me intrigued. Made you intrigued. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. I actually found when I was reading it the first time, the first few chapters hard to get into. Mm-hmm. So I would understand if you're if you were at that same place. I mean, I wouldn't say I wasn't into it. Um, and I wasn't like. I can't put this down either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just it was, a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was just honestly trying to pick what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, do yeah. I need to retain this? Or right. do Especially I? as you're reading it and you're like questioning everything of like, will this be important later? Should yeah, I bring this up exactly. on the podcast? <laughs> exactly. Literally. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, I think the main, the, only a few things I wrote down from every single thing I wrote down from chapter one has a question mark after it. Because I was like, wolves equal bad, fairies equal worse, question mark. <laughs> Isaac, question mark. Is he the game? Is he the game? <laughs> How embarrassing. Uh, and I said, Ashwood and Iron, question mark. Weak, question mark. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't really have a lot to grasp on in chapter one other than, yeah, it's giving snowy Hunger Games. Yep, absolutely. Okay, but chapter two kind of gives us a lot more. We meet her family. Who? Wait, I have to say. So, <laughs> in chapter one, I assumed I was reading from a woman's perspective. Yeah. But other than the, like the very brief mention of Isaac, there wasn't anything that made her seem feminine. Mm-hmm. And so then when she was talking about like her trek home to her sisters, 
and she's carrying this deer. All of a sudden, I had this realization that I was like, wait a second. It was a moment. But I was like, wait a second. Am I reading from a man's perspective? Like, why are these two sisters at home not doing shit while she's out there risking her life hunting i mean i later meet the sisters and i understand that they just suck but i had a moment in the beginning of chapter two where i was like wait a sec am i reading from a man's perspective then no that's super interesting because one of my other friends who just started the series had that same thought she texted me she was like is favor a boy or a girl and i was like a girl what but I guess it's yeah. unclear because, yeah, why why is she out in the woods when she's the youngest? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was confusing. I'm, yeah. But anyway. Okay, well, to clarify, she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I got that eventually, but yeah. Okay, carry on. Okay, so we get back to her house and we meet her terrible family, which also is very Hunger Games because... In the Hunger Games, it's like the same story where Katniss's dad dies and then her mom goes into this just dark depression, mm-hmm. like immobile place where she's mm-hmm. not providing for the family, which is I why Katniss. the exact same yeah, thing. Which is why Katniss has to learn how to hunt. Yes. Yes. Originally. I thought the exact same thing, except for that I like Katniss's sister. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one, the sisters are terrible. So we learn that she's the youngest of three. She has a sister, Elaine who is really pretty, and a sister, Nesta, who is a bitch, is really mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we learned that they used to be very wealthy, but they lost their fortune, and their mother died and made Farah promise to take care of the family, which seems weird to ask of the youngest, mm-hmm. but whatever. Yeah. Two, well... I'm really just anxious to get into talking about the sisters. Yeah. So I'll hold off for a second. But I do. I thought that was so weird about asking of the youngest. But I also I just need to learn more about their upbringing because I don't understand how she's so different from the two sisters. Right. You know what I mean? Like vastly different, Mm -hmm. like just morals wise and values. Yeah. You know, like I was very, very confused because. In Hunger Games, Katniss and her sister Prim mm-hmm. was, it came to me. I was scared to make a guess. <laughs> Nervous now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shot with the yeah. Like Katniss and Prim, like their values and morals align. Yeah. You know, they're all about looking out for each other. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm really, what trauma did she go through mm-hmm. that made her just turn out a better human? Yeah. You know? That's interesting. They definitely get into it more a little bit later. But in this chapter, they really just give us that they used to be wealthy mm-hmm. and they lost their fortune. I imagined their uh, previous life as Bridgerton. Like they yeah. talk so much yeah. about finding husbands and getting yeah. married off and mm-hmm. the dowries. The social circle. And I was like, okay, so it's Bridgerton society that like crumbled and now they're yeah. in Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, yes, all the all the blending. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Um so she brings back a full deer and a full wolf pelt. And they don't even say thank you. They don't say this is awesome. Wow, you're such a good little huntress. Um no. Elaine just asks how long it will take to clean it. The Nesta 
literally says, and I wrote this down because I was so appalled my mouth dropped. You stink like a pig covered in its own filth. Can't you at least try to pretend that you're not an ignorant peasant? I wrote that down too. I literally was hoping that the next line was that my instinct was to just punch her in the face. (laughs) Like I was hoping that that is what Pharaoh was going to do. But I was like, who do you think you are? And if I were Pharaoh, like you're in poverty, it's a little bit every man for yourself already. And if your sister is not going to even be appreciative and then even insult you, why, why is she feeding her? I, because oaths are currency there. Like, isn't that <laughs> what they say? I don't get that either. I don't get that either. It didn't even sound like the mother was that great. Yeah. Like, she seemed like she was really cold. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah. why, why is this promise you made to your mother so important? So important. Yeah. And Ferris says, like, so with Elaine, Elaine isn't mean, but she's just kind of airheaded, it seems. Like, doesn't yeah. grasp their situation. So, like, when Elaine doesn't say thank you or, or, you know, go out with her to hunt it's not like she's super selfish she just isn't under it's like in another world a little bit yeah but like come on like you know how do you not know that you're poor and your youngest sister is doing like risking her life every day it literally makes no sense i hate them yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah so like you said nesta does not even acknowledge feyre um, we do learn she is the one who's super bitter about being poor because she's the oldest. So she probably mm-hmm. you know, had a had more of a grasp of what was going on when they lost their money mm-hmm. and really blames their dad, even to the point where she hides his cane from him because he's crippled. Yeah, it really I just can't fathom being such a bitch. Like, I know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. Yeah. And and yeah, the dad's useless. But he, he's crippled because he was in a bunch of debt to people who came and beat him up in front of Feyre while Nesta and Elaine were hiding. Yeah, I wonder. I want more details about that. Was he a gambler? You'll learn. It's not really a spoiler, but I still want you to yeah. read it. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like the dad just, he did just give up and he just started letting Feyre hunt in the woods with no really regard. Typical man. His pride was hurt. His ego. Yeah. Yeah. Can't just do what he has to do. Yeah. But then in the boldest of bold moves, Elena and Nesta start requesting the new clothing items, the their shopping list for when Feyre goes to sell the wolf pelt. So the audacity. Truly their audacity. They don't even have food and they're like, oh, I need new boots. Like for what? literally for what you don't even leave the house you don't leave the house (laughs) where do you have to be i know i really i wish i had more thoughts on this but i just literally hate them like that's all i can think is i just don't understand the audacity and why she continues to surround herself with those people yeah like she would be a much more successful i mean she said so herself her in her daydream in the woods that like she would have such a better life even in this poverty if she just had to take care of her and her father mm-hmm. and yeah. gosh i am picture them 
as <laughs> as well at least Nesta because I do agree that Elaine is just like airhead like doesn't even she's yeah. just there you know yeah um but I picture Nesta as in Cinderella like one of those evil stepsisters literally like you know how <laughs> you know how in the cartoon like the original one where they're like walking around holding up their dress and they have like the big thing on the back of their dress that makes their butt all stick up high and they have yeah. their nose up in the, the air bustle. and they're like yeah, yeah yeah and they're like <laughs> like that's how i picture her like oh you just hate them yeah okay so we've got hunger games bridgerton yeah. and cinderella i told you one. this is <laughs> this was the stream of consciousness that was happening um and what's kind of sad is that so Feyre and her dad are kind of having a little aside where he's like oh, this wolf you shot, kind of in- insinuating, like, so, like this is risky. Like, maybe yeah. he thinks it's a fairy, too. Um, he was, like, sketched. He's, he's yeah. sketched out. But that's when Nesta tells Feyre that she smells like a pig and asks why she doesn't try to seem, or try not seem like an ignorant peasant. But that's kind of sad because Feyre actually is illiterate. She doesn't know how to read. Wait, she doesn't know how to read? Yeah. So in that same paragraph, she mentions like she does like that hits home when Nesta calls her ignorant because mm-hmm. when they lost their money, she was early on in schooling. Mm, and I totally missed that. Then they became poor and she just had to start helping them survive and she does not know how to read. Oh, that's yeah, that's tough. She said, I've been too young to learn more than the basics of manners and reading and writing when our family had fallen into misfortune and she'd never let me forget it. That is so sad. God, yeah. I hate her. I know. And she didn't even do the one thing that Farah had asked her to do. Literally the one thing of chopping wood. Yes, except for not to jump ahead. But when she did get up and do it the next day, I know yeah. she did it just so she could get boots or whatever. But, yeah. like, I was like, okay, she, that act is kind of her acknowledging that Feyre is the provider. Yeah. And she has, like, some ounce of respect for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm imagining her as, like, a bratty teenager who's bratty to their mom, but at the end of the day, cleans her room. Yeah. When her mom that's asked true. her to. No, you that's know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a little, a little bit more extreme, mm-hmm. but... That did help. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Well, because Nesta didn't chop wood, Feyre can't even take a freaking bath, so she just passes She's out. She's going to have to deal with the pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so next, the family's eating dinner. They're eating the deer that Feyre killed. Her mind is again kind of wandering, thinking about how much money she can get for the wolf pelt the next day. And she also, that's when she starts thinking about their mom who died, mm-hmm. giving us some insight into, like, their relationship, what she was like. She describes her as someone who's imperious and cold to her children, but very dazzling to the people she wanted to impress. And Feyre kind of wonders why her mom made her promise to take care of the family when her mom was dying, which we've both said we also don't understand. Yeah, that. don't get it. Because she's the youngest. So when Feyre's... At dinner, her mind's kind of wandering. Nesta's complaining about the villagers, how poor they are. Um, (laughs) And just casually slips in that someone named Thomas Mandre proposed to her or is going to propose to her. 
Yeah. Which is just shocking because it sounds like he's not wealthy either. So I'm right. very confused on what Nesta's priorities are. Right. And Feyre is super caught off guard. She's like, you can't even do the one thing I asked of you, which was to chop wood. And you want to mm-hmm. marry into a woodcutting family? <laughs> um, but Nesta's, of course, snarky and is like, I thought you wanted uh, was I thought all you wanted was to marry us off. Which is true. Mm-hmm. And Ferris says, the, the day you want to marry someone worthy, I'll march up to his house and hand you over to him myself, but you're not going to marry Thomas. Which I thought was kind of a sweet comment. Yeah. Because they obviously don't get along. Mm-hmm. But Ferris very much looking out for Nesta's best interests. Still. Yeah, I guess. I was kind of confused. But I think it's just because I really hate Nesta that I was like, just get her out. Why do you care where she ends up? But yeah, you're right. Like just how I was saying how Nesta going out and chopping wood is her acknowledging some type of authoritative, you know, respect towards uh, Feyre. I guess that was a moment where it's like, no, I do love my sister. Like Mm -hmm. she is still my sister. Um, But personally, I'd be like, great. See ya. That's someone else <laughs> yeah. worry about you. But yeah, I'll, I'll let it go. Yeah, because the comments later make me yeah understand more. But we'll get there. Well, of course, Nesta takes this as a huge insult for some reason, and says, "Well, Claire Bedor, who's their neighbor, told me that Thomas is going to propose any day now, and then I'll never have to eat these scraps again." Rude, so rude. And she says. At least I don't have to resort to rutting in the hay with Isaac Hale like an animal. <laughs> so, one, Nesta would be dead if it wasn't for Feyre. She wouldn't be eating at all. Yep. Two, this is the second time she's compared her to an animal, like, unprovoked, which is so sad. That is sad. And then three, that connection. of all the things she's already said so far, bringing up Feyre's sex life in front of their father... <laughs> Is the worst <laughs> and is unforgivable <laughs> because the dad just sits there awkwardly, like, oh God. And as a sibling, cancel. Yeah. Like, like I, that would send me over the edge. Honestly, that is Honestly. so true. That is so true. I was so hung up on the initial comment of her being a pig or smelling yeah. like a pig or whatever. That is so true. As a sibling, that is a. As a sister. As a sister. That is the ultimate betrayal. In front of your father. Oh, oh God. Oh, my gosh. How uncomfortable for him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's just, in my head in that moment, it was like, he is so disregarded. Yeah, it's like, sad. Like, he is just there. Like, she they- doesn't even give him the respect of, like, treating him like a parental father. figure. Yeah, a, a, yeah. Yeah. Father. He's just like there in the room just existing yeah and Mm -hmm. it's no one is regarding him basically as a member of the family he's just kind of there yeah 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 well Feyre has more restraint than I would have because she doesn't (laughs) slap Nesta across the face and she sticks to the facts and the facts are that Thomas is poor like you said yeah he's not well off either and Marrying Nesta just means another mouth to feed when Farah's family doesn't have a dowry yeah. to pay. So Nesta, of course, 
comes back at her and is like, you're just jealous, blah, blah, blah. Because Isaac, Feyre's Isaac is also now getting engaged, apparently. Or Nesta says he's he has a girl he's engaged to who does have a dowry. Yeah. I'm a little sad about that, but we'll get to it in chapter three. <laughs> okay. Feyre is basically like, whatever. It's, you know, she just kind of brushes it off. But then Nesta says the meanest thing she said all chapter. Oh, my God. Which it is, keeps getting worse and worse. But I was still hung up on the first thing <laughs> that she smelled like a pig. But OK. Yeah. Well, this one again, she says, you're just a half wild beast with the nerve to bark orders at all hours of the day and night. Keep it up. And someday, Feyre, you will have no one left to remember you or to care that you even existed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Which I'm like, what are you remembered for, Nesta? Literally like, nothing. You're for being mean a to bitch. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. she leaves. Like, she's the one who said that. And then she leaves. And then Elaine goes to comfort her. Yeah. Canceled. For what? For what? For what? But yeah. And then the dad who has said nothing throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. He hasn't said anything about Nesta getting engaged, potentially. About finding out about Feyre and Isaac. Like, nothing. He says to Feyre, you should go talk some sense into her. And it's like... Did you not hear me just try? Yeah, and it's like, I just tried to. And Nesta attacked her. Yeah. Why don't you go talk some sense into her, father? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's not Feyre's job to be the voice of reason. Why don't you go carve it in some wood? Yeah. (laughs) Literally. And then the dad... Because Feyre's like, I just tried... The dad says, we need hope as much as we need bread or meat or else we can't endure. So let Nesta keep her hope and imagine a better life. And I just could not disagree more. Oh, shit. You were like, oh, that's nice. I had the opposite (laughs) reaction. I was like, oh, that one hit. That one hit my heart. I was like, I get it. But saying that to the person who is supplying like the meat and bread and money Feyre's probably yeah. like, I roll, I roll, like, I F roll. You. If you yeah. had hope, why, were, why aren't you doing anything to help us survive? Yeah. And I, she kind of does say that. Like, doesn't she say, like, I couldn't help but disagree or something? Um, I can't remember. But I, I feel like remember. she's basically on your side. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, she does say love won't feed a yeah. belly. And then she says to her father, she says, there is no such thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which made me sad. I mean, I get as the only person who's trying here, you get a little hard and you can't really see anything but like how you're going to survive the next day and keep these ungrateful humans alive for another day. But I did. I did like what her dad said. And (laughs) so now... (laughs) I liked it. I was like, wow, you're right. We do yeah. hope. <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah, no, it's nice. Um, but yeah, Feyre's just looking at their sad little cottage. Mm-hmm. And her her paintings that she's done on the walls and on the dressers are already fading. And she's just thinking about what Nesta said to her about no one will remember her. And she's like, yeah, there's no such thing. So very sad, sad note to end on for chapter two. Yeah, I agree. But I think, I hope that throughout these series, she softens up a little bit. Yeah. She needs some freaking hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are we ready for chapter three? 
Any other thoughts on the sisters? Chapter two. Yeah, most of my comments or notes are just about how much I hate Nesta. Yeah. Um. It literally says at the end, conclusion, Katniss in a Bridgerton world. (laughs) (laughs) Katniss in a Bridgerton world. (laughs) So that's my conclusion from chapter two. Okay, I love it. Well, can't wait to hear what show chapter three reminded you of. Okay, so chapter three picks up. Feyre's heading to the village with her snake sisters behind her because they know she's selling the pelt and is going to get money and they want their new clothes yeah literally vultures literally vultures yeah and then we get an interesting and somewhat creepy interaction with some people called the children of the blessed what did you think of this interaction um it's giving jehovah's witness (laughs) But again, it honestly just brought a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I'm just hoping you can clarify, and I probably will learn, but sure, maybe you can answer. Is the high fae, is that a king or is it like a royal group? So the high fae, they did. Or is it like a god? Um, I, I don't know if I can totally clarify oh what i will clarify is there are fairies that are more powerful than other fairies so even within fairies there's different kinds of fairies okay yeah okay didn't clarify much (laughs) (laughs) i just don't want to like i'm worried if i start explaining i'm gonna accidentally give something away yeah it, I mean, so High Fae is not a singular being. But yeah, it's not a singular being. Okay. So yeah, it okay. is like a subtype okay. of fairies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is confusing. I noticed that they just start, she kind of starts just mentioning different kinds of fairies without noting that there are different Which kinds. I do like that because I I like it to really feel like I've just been dropped into a life. Yeah. And I like the kind of figuring it out part of like learning this new world but because if they sat there and they were like hi fey is blah 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 from back when it kind of comes off cheesier when authors do that right when they like mention a hi fey and then go on to explain what 300 years ago blah 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 happened like i like when i learn about it in a natural way in a natural way no that makes sense yeah yeah that's how it would be like in a movie you know what i mean you just be dropped into the story and that's That's how i like it that's true there's fun in figuring it out yeah Yeah. for sure okay so we meet the children of the blessed who are Mm -hmm. what feyra calls fanatic fools who worship the high fey Mm -hmm. and we learn here that a long time ago, the High Fae had ruled over the humans and that they were pretty brutal, or at least that's what is alluded to. But and it was so long ago, they weren't even alive, right? Right. Like, Feyre clearly knows very little, actually, mm-hmm. about fairies. Mm-hmm. She's like, supposedly this, supposedly this. Yeah. But she doesn't really seem to know much besides what legends have told her or, that, or what like, is passed down. You know, one thing I noticed 
from this chapter, especially in this beginning, is like there is just a lot of intense emotions and a lot of hatred in this world. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just like part of living in a in a city or whatever that's full of poverty. And yeah. so that's like my privilege speaking that I'm like, this world has so much hatred. Like maybe yeah. that's this world too. But it just seemed like everyone there's just a lot of hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intense, like strong words used towards people because I, you know, I'm comparing these people trying to walk around and convert people to other types of religions that do that or even just like charities that are set up on the side of the street or even homeless people on the side of the street going up to you and I'm never like you ignorant piece of filth <laughs> like I'm like no thank you you know like like a normal person yes does. and yeah. I'm just like Jesus Christ can we all just be a little nicer to each other yeah yeah Goodness. no that's very fair that's a really good call out I think specifically with these children of the blessed it's like they are worshiping the fairies who it's basically like basically like the fairies are like a scary bedtime story but like are real like they did enslave humans back in the day and then these these culty people are like no there are gods so these children of the blessed come up to the sisters they ask if they can spare a moment to hear the word of the blessed and Nesta is, of course, like, fuck no. <laughs> and the girl tries to push back, but Nesta tells her, tells her, you'll find no converts here. And then shows her the iron bracelet that she wears, which apparently can ward off fairies. Like, iron can do something. And everyone seems, like you said, to hate these preachy, culty people because other people walk by and call them fairy-loving whores. And we get that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is aggressive. Um, and we get a little more insight into the fairy human dynamic because they also say, like, don't you understand what those monsters did to us for all those centuries? What they still do for sport when they can get away with it, and you deserve the end that you will meet at fairy hands. So that's when I was like okay so there's still like some conflict I don't know but saying that they still do bad stuff to humans I was like question mark question yeah no I agree because again I had some preliminary sense that there was now I know the word but a treaty I know that the humans can't do stuff to them why can they go across the wall like right. that wolf maybe did? And, you know, when she was skeptical if it was a fairy or not. It was like the second time where I was like, okay, why can they still do stuff? Yeah. And then the child of the blessed replies that a friend of a cousin, which I was like, sure. It's always a friend of a cousin. <laughs> friend of a cousin went to the border as an offering and has not been sent back. And now she dwells in riches and is married to a high fae. Like, how would you know? Right. Nesta's like, yeah, she was probably just eaten. <laughs> so, Feyred also describes some fae as having, like, scales and wings and long spindly arms that could drag you deep beneath the surface of a forgotten pond. And I was like, weren't, weren't they just a wolf? So, I was confused. Were you confused? Yes. I was like, are they shapeshifters? Yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not answering that. I'm just saying I understand the question. (laughs) 
Okay, so they finally ditch these people and they get to the market. And Feyre finds a mercenary who buys her wolf pelt and pays her a lot for it because she can tell that Feyre and her sisters are starving. So it's like the first act of kindness we've seen at all. Okay, so I have to say before I continued reading, like when that first happened, I was like, is she a fairy? Like I was like, <laughs> I was like is this, is she going to come up later as this like, I imagine, okay. Here's my next show movie reference okay. um, is, and this one's silly, The Night Before Christmas, K-N-I-G-H-T. <laughs> I've seen that movie. With Vanessa Hudgens yeah. on Netflix. And the witch. The wench. The old wench. <laughs> the old wench. <laughs> I imagine this mercenary as a much rougher, overweight version. I don't know why this is how I'm picturing her. Of that fair wench. I love, I think that's such a snipe because, yeah, it's like this person who like, you're like, you seem to know a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think that I guess there, we'll see if she pops up. Again. There is something. Feyre sounds like fairy. Now this lady <laughs> sees something in her. She's the fair wench. She's, she's probably, I'm skipping that to the next chapter. She's probably who told this other fairy who had the skin i'm just saying okay well i'm making connections as we speak now okay carry yeah, on yeah you really are um <laughs> so okay i will only be referring to her as the wench the rest of the <laughs> yeah the mercenary mercenary, mercenary. <laughs> um so this wench buys her wolf pelt pays her a lot for it um because she's like you know she says that someone was generous to her in a time of need Feyre basically explains that mercenaries are paid well in their territory because they're hired to protect people who actually had land and could afford it against fairies, even though high fae are apparently super powerful and just could obliterate you. So there's no actually, there's not actually anything that you can do. So she thanks the wench and then the wench offers her a warning because she knows that she's a hunter and she tells her not to go too far into the woods because things are slipping through the wall. See, this is when I backtracked on my theory of her being a fairy. Like, I wrote down maybe she's a fairy, and then when she started warning her against fairies, I was like, hmm, might have been, might have been down a wrong path really there. Really just a wench. <laughs> really just a wench. <laughs> and I think this is when we learn that humans are actually, they were actually, like, slaves, like, fully slaves to the high fae before humans rebelled which resulted in that huge, terrible war, which is the one thing that you knew yes. about the series. Yes, <laughs> huge war that the humans ultimately won. Okay, which was also extremely confusing because these fairies are supposed to be almighty powerful. There's nothing you can do. These mercenaries can't protect you. You're, right. you're SOL, basically. <laughs> and, and then yet somehow they were able to fight back enough to win. Right. Yeah, there will be more description of the war and what happened throughout. Um, but yeah, so at this point, we just know that they won somehow, were freed, and thus came said treaty, which is supposed to stop all slaughtering and resulted in the wall that keeps Fay and humans separate. But clearly not that well. So the wench tells Feyre that a friend of a friend came across a pack of Martaks who tore a village apart. And Martaks are described as 
basically a giant animal with really sharp teeth. And really just this entire interaction is super ominous. Mm-hmm. Very confusing. Yeah. The same wench said she encountered a different type of fairy that attacked her and she killed it, but it bit her first and she has this gross mark on her. So she humans can kill Faye, apparently, because she said she did it. If you got that Ashwood. Is yeah. that what it was called? Got that Ashwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was your interest at all picking up here? Because when I was first reading it, this is when I was like, oh, okay, kind of creepy. Kind yeah. Of I mean, yes, but I was just so confused, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So I was just still getting stuck on what fairies are. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, first it's a wolf. Now there's this poisonous other type of creature. And then there's human-like with spindles. Whatever the word was, long arms. Spindly, yeah. Spindly arms. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what are these things? I'm so excited for you to keep reading. Okay. Um, well, Nesta drags her away because she thinks the person is dangerous. And then we meet, kind of meet, Mr. Isaac Hale, Farah's lover. They kind of just see each other, but uh, she doesn't really. They don't, he does they don't a, little, talk. a little head nod. A little head nod. From across the. I'm picturing like a kind of like a statue. Or a fountain in the middle of, like, if you've been to Indianapolis, like, Monument Circle. <laughs> but, like, a town circle or square or whatever. And he's, like, a- on the other side of the statue. And she's on the one side. And he's just, like, leaning against a brick wall and, like, just gives her a little head little bob. <laughs> and I was just like, ugh. She's- he's so using her. <laughs> okay, so you said you think he's her Gale. So yes. what are your predictions for him in the rest of the book? I well, know you know nothing so really, but... when in chapters one and two when he was mentioned, I was hoping it was more of a love interest than a hookup. Yeah. And so I was a little sad in chapter three. I think I wrote down like mad respect that she could also use someone in that way. Yeah. But... I'm sad. I have, I'm always rooting for romance. So right. I, mean, I hope that maybe there is, you know, a more emotional connection that he gets sad that she gets taken or whatever. Or I don't know. I hope he's more of a role and like does have more of an emotional connection with her. But I was sad after chapter three. Yeah. And it seemed more uh, surface level. Yeah, it does seem like that. Right now, but she says, despite everything, when she heard he was engaged, her heart sunk. So, yeah, but I didn't take that that seriously no, because I like, feel like you can, anytime, even if you don't like someone, I feel like even when someone once told you they liked you and then they and they move on and you don't even like them back and you're not interested whatsoever, and then they move on like someone else, you're like, hmm. I liked when you liked me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I love feel- me forever. Even yeah. Even though I do no affection. Even yeah. though I like have absolutely no interest in you. Yeah. Like I feel like I didn't take that that seriously because I was like, okay, like, yeah, if I was hooking up with someone and I obviously know I have no emotional connection with you and you have none with me, it still is like, I want you to want me. Right. You know? So. Right. So that's really the extent of their interaction with Isaac. She says she really only hooks up with him to not feel alone. And 
Then Feyre and her sisters go home. She mentions that her sisters spent all of the money she just earned, which seems really dumb, but okay. And then they're sitting in this cottage, and there's actually this moment of, like, somewhat contentness. Like, they're all full. They got new stuff. They're all sitting, you know, peacefully together. And Feyre's finally about to have the heart-to-heart with Nesta about not marrying that man, Thomas. This is now in chapter four. No, this is still end of the end of chapter three. She's about to have the heart to heart okay. with Nesta. And then all of a sudden there's a roar, a crash, mm-hmm. and a giant shape busts in and breaks down the door. And that's the end of chapter three. Yes. Okay. So you know how I've talked to you about this previously, about how sometimes when I reread things or rewatch things, like particularly Harry Potter, when we're like learning about their world. And they're going to school and learning magic. I like sometimes hope the bad stuff doesn't happen. Like I'm just so enjoying their life and their happy moments and them learning magic and and creating these wonderful friendships that I'm like, I don't want the bad stuff to happen. I just want to watch this movie about their lives, their life. You're like, why does there have to be conflict? Yeah. Like I'm like, I want to see them learn spells. Exactly. And that's the feeling I was having in that moment. And I thought it was going to, like, the chapter was going to end nicely. And then that happened, and I was like, they can't have one moment of peace. I can't, I can't have one moment of peace. No. You know what you're going to love? The fourth book. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, is that, like, the smaller one? Yeah. Like, there's, like, no conflict. I'm like, I just want to learn about their lives. Quite literally no plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's where we end chapter three. So kind of a cliffhanger. So we pick up in chapter four with that shape bursting into their family cottage. It's a gigantic beast, and it's described as being large as a horse with a head like a wolf, and it also has horns, dagger-like claws, and yellow fangs. And then it also speaks English because it yells murderers (laughs) as it's busting down the wall of their cabin, which I just felt like was a lot. At once, I still can't really picture what this is supposed to look like. Yeah, like talking. To be honest, I was picturing more like a lion with elk horns, and then yeah. you just repeated wolf face, and I'm like, oh shit. What? But yeah. yes, at this moment, it was giving Narnia. It yes! was giving. <laughs> it was giving. Also, Wicked. I was thinking of. Have you seen the Broadway show Wicked? No. They have some half animal half human like creatures there but yes especially narnia it is giving narnia because i also picture a talking lion mm-hmm. yeah i don't know and why a lion with elk horns because it's just it's too hard to picture this it's she blended a lot of things here with it now, then also speaking english and i was like okay um so yeah and it bursts in yelling murderers and all caps so pharaoh's like ah registers that this is a fairy <clears throat> goes into full protection mode, even which though she I says noted, she's terrifying. Which she's I terrifying. noted. I thought fairies were human-like. Yeah. I say this like 10 times in my notes. Right. Okay, carry on. You're like, what are they? <laughs> um, she registers that's a fairy. She's terrified, but she's really focused on just physically shielding her sisters, which again, they do not deserve her. And even though she's really scared, she's like analyzing how she could even attempt to kill it and how she's going to be able to defend her and her sisters at all and her dad. 
Um, but the beast keeps yelling murderers and the dad and Nesta pipe in that they didn't kill anyone. Feyre tells it to leave and then chucks her knife at, at the throat, which props, but did nothing because it just swipes it away. Um, and then comes even closer and asks who killed him. More like yelled who killed him Mm -hmm. because we're still in all caps. So he's like yelling slash roaring at them. Mm -hmm. And she notes that as it gets closer, she's looking into its eyes that they're very human like eyes, which is interesting. So they can shape shift. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. When she asks who he's talking about, he says the wolf. And, you know, that's not good. She realizes. That's not good news. She's definitely like, oh, crap. And she's trying to figure out if she should lie or not. But she doesn't know if fairies can tell if she's lying because apparently they can't lie. Which seems like a really random piece of info for her to know because she doesn't really know much. And she's like, oh, I know they can't lie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, is that is she even sure about that? Because she wasn't sure about anything else she knows about them. It's true. It's a good point. So she opts for a half-truth, which is that it was mistakenly killed, but this beast just laughs at her and tells her she needs to offer payment as demanded by the treaty between fairies and humans, which is not something that Feyre knew. He also asks who in the family killed the wolf, and Feyre admits it. She says, I did. He thinks she's lying to protect her family because Feyre is so thin and scrawny and just doesn't look like someone who could take down, I guess, a fairy. And Elaine being the worst is like, no, it wasn't us. <laughs> we didn't kill anything. No one else in her family even tries to stop her from taking blame. So Feyre again says, you know, it was me. I killed it. I sold its hide at the market today, which like, okay, details. Don't, don't need the details. <laughs> I sold its hide at the market today. Um, but that she didn't know it was a fairy. And if she did know, she wouldn't have touched it. But he calls her out for being a liar. That she would have been more tempted to kill the wolf if she had known it was a fairy. And then doesn't she say, yeah, you're right. I would have. You deserve it. Or some crazy yeah, bold thing like she, that. Yeah. She says, well, can you blame me? Um, Which I guess she's thinking, you know, about all the stories she's heard about I know, fairies. but go all in on your defense here. You didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So don't then yeah. just say, you, yeah. would you blame me if I did? Like, you just yeah. said you wouldn't have. Like, that's why I'm like, why is she being so honest? Don't, t- don't tell him you sold the skin. And you, like, could just leave some things out. But then he asks her when she says, well, can you blame me? He's like, well, did it attack you? Were you provoked? And she has to say no. But considering all that fairies have done to humans and still do, you know, she says, even if I had known, it was deserved. So, again, really just doubling down on her bad, bad decisions. But at least we know she's really brave. I guess. (laughs) Or Or stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Feyre asks what the payment for the treaty actually is, like what that means, because she doesn't actually know the terms of the treaty, which, again, seems like if you're going to know anything, know what's in the treaty. Yeah. Know what's keeping you and fairies apart. Know the rules. Yeah. Seriously. 
so oh and that reminds me like he burst into their house which was like covered in iron or something on the door frame and so that clearly didn't like ward off yeah i kind of re- i was like that iron is clearly a myth because weren't they like throw they like threw their bracelet at him or something yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah okay <laughs> yeah so these aren't vampires here they're not right. afraid of garlic <laughs> right <laughs> So she asks what the payment is. He tells her a life for a life. Any unprovoked attack on fairy kind by humans are to be paid only by a human life in exchange. So again, she didn't know this was in the treaty. Seems extremely critical information that she didn't know. But she also knows he can't lie so that it must be true. And it doesn't matter that she didn't know because she did it and it's in the treaty. So she asks for him to kill her outside so her family doesn't have to see. And he just laughs at her and tells her that she actually has a choice in how he claims her life. So he offers her two options. One, he can kill her, which whenever he talked about killing her, it was so violent. It was like, I can rip you into like ribbons, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Or two, she can go live out her days across the wall in fairylands. And immediately her dad was like, go. Yeah, but so, okay, so we get to the moment where Feyre's like confused why he even told her. Yes, she's questions. And I agree. And I think that's weird. And I also think he intentionally made one sound more enticing than the other. Like, like you said. He said he was going to rip her to ribbons. Right. Or you can just live your life uh, in fairyland. Like, you know what I mean? And so, again, her name is Feyre, like fairies. There's something in her that they're seeing. Like, I think the wench (laughs) is what who told this guy that this is the girl. And I think that there's something like in her that's. Is she part fae? I don't know. He, like, he intentionally, I feel like he intentionally wanted her to pick the other option. Like, he wants to bring her over. I could really be way out in left field, but I really, it's too, too nice. Right. Because she has that same question. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, you just killed my friend skinned him said he deserved it but you're gonna question my generosity so he's not really giving her an answer he's just being like you're like yeah that's exactly why i'm questioning your generosity right right (laughs) and she's super she's super skeptical and keeps trying to understand why he's even giving her this option but then he says do humans not understand mercy either come live with me or die right now so Feyre's dad steps in. There's something going on. Something going on. She's a chosen one. The plot. The plot is developing. (laughs) (laughs) Feyre's dad then steps in, which is kind of sad, and just begs him not to kill her. And the beast just disregards him, like just like roars at him to be quiet. And her dad tries to beg and offer gold, which is sad. I mean, he clearly doesn't have anything to offer. And the whole thing is just super pitiful. And Feyre knows she doesn't have a choice, that she has to go, and then maybe she'll have a chance to escape. And I questioned in that moment, he, there is a good moment with her dad on the way out that you'll talk about in a sec. Yeah. In that moment, I questioned if he was begging because he loved her or was begging because she's who keeps him alive. Oh, yeah. Just that. That's a good point. 
So she learns that they are leaving right now. Again, Favor doesn't really panic. Like she holds in all her panic and her she goes to protect her mode of like, okay, I need to tell my family how to survive. So she tells them where, you know, she puts the money, tells them how to make snares. And her final statement to Nesta, she tells her not to marry Thomas Mandre. She says his father beats his wife and none of the sons do anything to stop it. Bruises are harder to conceal than poverty. So like her last. That really hit my heart when she said that. Yeah. Like her last statement to her sisters who say absolutely nothing. They don't even say bye as she's literally being taken. Well, I will give you're petrified in fear. You're petrified, but like Feyre's petrified. (laughs) Anyway, I said petrified in fear. I meant. Is that what I meant? Paralyzed with fear. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going for. Same okay. thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, the dad pulls her back, and this is the moment you were talking about. He says, you were always too good for here, Feyre. Too good for us. Too good for everyone. If you ever escape, ever convince them that you've paid off the debt, don't return. Which is the most he said, and is also really interesting. You'd expect a dad to be like I will see you again mm-hmm. sometime I will make sure I can see you again like don't lose hope or something come back to me I don't yeah. know yeah but he literally says go somewhere new and make a name for yourself like don't come back here I think that just shows his like he thinks so low of himself yeah after everything that happens that he's like this family is just holding you back and like you're the only one who turned out okay including yeah. himself yeah it's sad it's, it's really sad, sad perspective on things yeah and that's the last thing we hear from her family before she turns around and just heads into the woods and doesn't look behind her and that's yeah the that's four. crazy not even like a 24 hour yeah kind of collect your things or whatever but yeah okay that brings us to our fifth and Final chapter for episode one. Oh my gosh. And this was a short one. Yeah, this was a really short one. There was nothing, there's barely any speaking. She's just thinking. Yeah. So, chapter five starts off with Farah's following the beast into the forest. She finds a horse waiting for her. And she gets on and they start their journey north towards the wall. And during this journey, she's reflecting on what just happened. She's trying to process the fact that she's leaving the mortal world like she's leaving all of humanity to live with this animal fairy thing and she's thinking about how he said you'll have to come live with me but he did not specify under what conditions yes which that didn't even phase me either like i think yeah it didn't even phase her to ask in the moment because yeah she was just so shocked and right. this was also crazy felt like a dream and he clearly wasn't in the mood to answer questions that's very true um yeah but it didn't even phase my mind either because i was yeah. like so what is going on right but now she's thinking okay am i a slave am i a slave am i prisoner no. my yeah And she knows that her family will never be able to find her because humans are basically defenseless against fairies. So even if they would try, which knowing her family, they wouldn't. But even if they would try, it would be dumb of them and they'd probably be killed anyway. Which, again, doesn't make sense because they somehow won a war against them. So True. (laughs) 
True. She's also kind of processing the fact that now she knows she killed a fairy, not a wolf. And she's yeah. kind of like, okay, do I feel bad about it? She still doesn't feel bad about it. But she's just, yeah. She's also thinking of any advantage that she can give herself now that the animal has taken her ash arrow, which is the only way that, only weapon or like leg up that she has against a fairy. But overall, she's accepting, like, she knows nothing. She doesn't even know how fairies live. She assumes it's somewhat civilized because he said he had lands. Mm-hmm. She, he has a horse, which has like a nice leather saddle. So she just doesn't know anything about the world she's going into. Um, especially because the mortals who go over the children of the blessed never come back. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking through what she does know, very little, about the fairies of Prithian. And she knows that Prithian is divided and ruled by seven high lords into seven territories, which is what you see on the map on that first page. And the high lords are fairies of the most immense power. Okay. And so they keep writing. I kind of missed that, I feel like. Well, this was just her internal monologue. So they keep writing. And Feyre starts to wonder when they will stop for the night. She knows it's like a two-day journey. She's thinking of her family, and she almost feels a little bit smug knowing that they'll starve without her. Um, But then she pictures her father begging on the street and just feels agony at how sad that is that they're going to have to resort to that. Yeah. And she decides that she really needs to know more about the fairy that's taking her so as she's following him on her horse she starts asking him questions like what kind of fairy are you but he doesn't respond then she asks him for his name but he's just like does that even matter to you and then she's about to giving it's giving beauty and the beast it's giving beauty and the beast yes (laughs) this is when it gives beauty and the beast um she's about to ask him another question but he just shuts her down and then she says she tastes a metallic flavor in her mouth and she just passes out so when she wakes up she realizes that was magic Mm -hmm. so we we learn that he has magic yeah and that she must have been unconscious for a while because the sun is up and they've reached the wall which should have been two days so do they not sleep do fairies not sleep i I feel like I can tell you that they sleep. Okay, so they did stop. They did stop, and like, so it took two days fully. Yeah, we don't know, but somehow she got to the wall and she was passed out for all of it. So we know that he has some type of magical power, and she can see the wall now. Isn't it invisible? <laughs> These are not questions I wrote down that are just spitballing as we recap. You know, I think she did say it was invisible, but she could see it. So I don't know. Maybe the entrance is visible. Yeah, I don't know. But she's at the wall. And that's where we end the chapter. Is <laughs> Feyre having to follow him across the wall and out of mortal lands. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> a nice cliffhanger. To end our first yeah, what chunk a, on. What a great uh, batch of chapters. Good ending for yeah. you to, to choose or to be our cutoff point. Really yeah. leaving me on my toes. 
I have to say, I'm glad you liked it because, again, when I was first reading it, I was, like, too too confused to the point where I didn't know if I liked it at this point. <laughs> but I kept pushing through, and it gets so much Well, better. that's the other thing is when you first read it, I don't know how much hype around the book there was. There, there wasn't. I didn't know how popular it was. I read them last summer, so I'm sure they still were very popular, but... Michaela, who does my eyelashes, told me because I was talking about Harry Potter and Twilight for some reason. And she was like, if you liked those books, you would love this series. But when she described it, I was like, "Okay, fairies. Yeah. And but I have you telling me that's the best series I ever read. That's true. And now so many of our friends have read it. And like that. So exactly. So I have your your energy telling me like it's so good so I have just a different attitude about it like you had one person yeah encourage you or suggest it yeah I didn't know anyone personally who had read it so I had no one to even talk to about it except her shout out Michaela shout out to Michaela (laughs) okay so you're pulled in yeah for sure for sure I'm excited I feel like the story is starting now like our next episode we're in yeah okay okay what are you overall what are you confused about that you need answers to I'm I really want to know do fairies shapeshift <laughs> like do they like I don't understand it do just each different type of fairy look like a different creature uh or can they shapeshift or what is going on with that. Um, I really want to know how she's going to be living. Like, is it going to be like Beauty and the Beast where he's like, you must sit with me at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no, I refuse to eat. Um, So I'm interested in, yeah, if her and her, um, uh, what do you call him? She's the prisoner. He's the captor. Cap, her and her captor. I'm interested in how that relationship develops. I obviously know there there's a love interest that forms, and so I wonder if it's him or if it's like his son or brother that shouldn't be talking to her but does, and they you know <laughs> hit it off or whatever. So I'm like interested in who that becomes. Um, I'm interested in. If there is something in Farah that's like part fairy or is supposed to be like the key to mending the relationship or whatever, you know, because it just seems like with her name and the wench, like, and with him <laughs> giving the option of not killing her. Yeah. Like, I'm like, there's something that they all know in her. I don't know. So I have a lot of, I'm excited. And what. Just to recap, what do you know about Feyre so far, and what do you know about fairies so far? I just feel like as we get into it, I'm starting to forget what you know and don't know. Oh, so I okay, need to fair. keep track of what you know. So as okay. we're talking about it, I- I'm not spoiling it. Okay, okay. No well, pressure. There's no wrong. Answer. I cannot um, vouch for the completeness and accuracy of my knowledge, <laughs> but um, so. Feyre has a mother who died, who asked her to take care of her family. 
She has two sisters whom I hate. She has a father with a bruised ego that's too ashamed to do anything. She has a uh, hookup, (laughs) for lack of a better term, named Isaac, who is getting married to someone else. Um, She is a hunter. She's good with a bow and arrow. She's brave. She is underweight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so that's Feyre. And then the fairies. There's a bunch of different kinds. Not sure what distinguishes one kind from the others. Um, They're magical. Um... (laughs) <laughs> they're scary <laughs> i mean that's a good summary <laughs> uh yeah the, i don't really have much because they talk a lot about them but it's all like i think this i think that right you I mean, know she knows nothing which makes it hard yeah for yeah us as the reader to know anything yeah so i'm not really sure about that not not too much about fairies so okay well i'm so excited me too this was so fun this was so fun Overall, I feel like you absorbed a lot of the important information, and then some of your predictions, I was like, (laughs) internally. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's because I was onto something or because I'm just so far off track, (laughs) but I'm excited to find out. I am super excited for you to read. Yeah, what chapters next? The next five chapters. So... I am putting you to work. (laughs) I really just feel like with this book specifically, there's so much like it definitely starts picking up more and more, but there's so much buildup in the first half because as you've learned, she doesn't know anything. And it's so frustrating as a reader to be have a main character who has no knowledge Yeah, because for the first half of the book, you're spending a lot of that time confused. So the first half, we're kind of going heavy with chapters so that we can get to more of the. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, you're learning this whole world. Sense. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah. But I don't want us to have, like, four... I don't want you to be, like, four weeks in and you're still like, Izzy, this book <laughs> is so <laughs> slow. So we will be reading chapters six to ten for our next episode Yay. for those who are reading along slash just want to know what chapters we'll be covering. It will be chapters six to ten. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah, me either. And I think that brings us to the end of our very first episode. I can't believe it. We did it. We did it. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you guys for next episode. Don't forget to follow on Instagram for any updates and to like and subscribe on Spotify. Bye, guys. See you guys next time.